0: This week on The Reverse Stick, Hagar the Horrible invades Great Britain. Again, it's 6 to 1 on, we talk about Belgium, and see what happens when you launch an Indian hockey podcast. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Podcast. Uh, My name's John Lee. I'm a co-host and I'm joined by the other co-host, Matt Allen.
1: Funny that, two co-hosts sitting next to each other. Welcome everybody to show 78 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. John, I'm going to get some business out of the way straight up in the show. Uh, Now guys, you're listening on some format, aren't you, around the world and uh, you can find us on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcasts. On TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher, on Overcast, Pocketcast, Downcast, Beyond, Pod, Player FM. You can get us everywhere, so please do share that with your friends. And if there's an opportunity to like or review on those platforms, then please do that. And uh, quick apology, if you weren't expecting the Push Pass Pundits uh, and you didn't like it, well, you got it anyway last week. <laughs> uh, uh, moving forward, the Push Pass Pundits will be on its own platform, but we thought you, as the dedicated listener of the Verstick should have had the first listen to the Push past Pundits.
0: Yep. They'll have their own web page, which means you'll have to subscribe to that as well now that you've been so tempted by the first version you've been sent. Here's hoping. Uh 19... our theory. We're sticking to it.
1: 1978, 78, John. What was yep. significant that year in 78?
0: 1978. I believe... That I might have kissed (laughs) Kylie Freeman behind the (laughs) bus shed. Well, it's funny that because it
1: was also the uh, the year of the uh, of the the release of Return from Witch Mountain. Uh, I don't know if that correlates at all. Yeah, big Disney movie in that year. Disney. We'll we'll talk a bit more about Disney later on in the show. Um, But yeah, a lot coming up. We 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 have a little delve into uh, well sports ethics. Certainly sports gambling ethics, don't we, as we're joined by an expert in the field.
0: Yes, and Scott Ferguson will be with us to
1: and have lots, a chat. Yeah, lots to talk about with Indian hockey. Um,
0: oh, didn't it all happen there? <laughs> <laughs> we alluded to it last week with that little clip we played earlier here and the Push Pass Pundits. But um, tell you what, they're going to be full of ammunition come the next episode.
1: The Bush Pass pundits. Oh, they, oh it's, up. It, it'd be a ripper for sure. And thank you for those of you who got online and given us some feedback and, and enjoyed the show. Much appreciated. Right. Yep. Should we get on with it? There's a lot coming up.
0: First up, it is. News. Okay, first up, Matt, we've got the Euro Hockey Indoor Championship played in Vienna the 11th to the 13th. It was involving eight teams It was a bit of a confusing Pool A, Pool B, Pool C situation But they did end with a final uh, That was taken out by the uh, the Austrians Who defeated Poland uh, It was one all at half time Three all at full time And the Austrians got over the top 4-3 uh, in the shootout there So Austria finished first In that particular competition Poland second uh, Third, fourth place Italy beat Switzerland Um, um, Sorry, Switzerland beat Italy 2-1 in uh, regulation time 1-0 in favour of the Swiss there at half-time They finished third, Swiss, Italy fourth Turkey 5th place, Russia in 6th, Belarus in 7th and Croatia in 8th place.
1: Hopefully you managed to catch some of that on EuroHockeyTV.org. Yeah,
0: plenty of all that indoor stuff is is happening on EuroTV.org. Uh, the, all the games going on this weekend, which we'll mention in a second, they're, they're going on there as well, so keep an eye on that stuff. Uh, we've also had the EuroHockey Championship 2 for men. Uh, Czechoslovakia took out that title there. They who, finished who did, 6 wins. Czech Republic <laughs>
1: Czechia isn't it Czechia. we've been through this before yeah, John. Well,
0: I can't remember what we say uh, Slovakia in second place Portugal third Sweden fourth Ukraine in fifth Denmark were in sixth and Wales did manage a draw they finished in seventh place uh, we also move on to and shout out to Big Tyrone I'll mention him in a second uh, Some indoor matches, test matches between uh, Switzerland and South Africa for the women from the 10th to 12th of January. That was in various venues around Switzerland. Um, You want to say something?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, South Africa won that five-match series, 3-1. That's the first time a South African indoor team has beaten a top-10-ranked nation. Uh, South Africa currently ranked 16th in the world, Switzerland 7th in the world. So, well done to South Africa there. And they now move on... Maybe to well, Croatia I'm, now I'm, for a couple I'm of games? I'm going to mention right? that
0: right now because, um, let's get that little bit of my Sorry, yeah. research. research. Uh, they're actually playing games against Czech Republic at mm. the moment in Prague. Uh, that's, well, just finished. It has been just finished. And I'm mentioning this specifically for Tyron because he went absolutely ballistic when South Africa lost the last game, uh, won the last game in a Chodov. Against the Czechs, they won it seven nil. I think that's about as happy as Tyrone's been for a long time.
1: Was this going back last year? with
0: this is today? Ah, right, right, right. Two right. days ago, day uh, ago, South Africans lost the first game against the Czechs three one. They won the second game four one. The Czechs came back and won game three four two, and in the final game, South Africa's come out and pants them seven nil. So that's a women's competition there. So probably. Skirted them seven nil.
1: If that's a term, <laughs> it is if That's a
0: term. Yeah, we're we're framing it. Um, so well done to the South African girls there on on a big win. And I know Tyron will be very happy with their performances leading into the the latter end of the indoor season.
1: And bearing in mind as well, it's a great result for South Africa that didn't go to the indoor World Cup last year. Because oh Of yeah, Na- course, Namibia um, picked them at home in the series, didn't they?
0: They did. Couple more things going on. We've had uh Three Nations invitational and Chile's just got underway. So far only one game there played between uh Japan and Chile and Japan got the win there three nil. Involving Argentina ch- as well.
1: That's uh oh, that's the, the men's tri Nations tournament? It is a men's yeah,
0: tri Nations and the next game's gonna well by the time you've had yeah, this or beam and gone, so two more games to go on there. Oh sorry, not more three more games, four more games. Three nations tournament, do the math. Um, we've also had the, um Chilean women and the Irish women having a bash in Santiago. And, uh, s- still one game to go there on, uh, later on today as it turns out. So we don't have that result yet, but you will by the time you listen to us. Uh, interesting results, Matt. Uh, the first game, nil all. Uh, second game, two all.
1: Yeah, late equaliser from Krimmerman for, uh, Chile in that one.
0: Yep. And, uh, in the in the last game so far or the third of the games 3-0 victory to Chile yeah
1: i spotted that now you you, you might managed to catch a little bit of the vision kind of from up in the stand if you go to the Chile Hockey uh, ladies Chile Hockey Instagram account which I can't exactly remember what it is now but it's dartos Chile or something like that um, and they've been doing some Instagram live streams just with a phone from the crowd but if you want to get a bit of a, the atmosphere and a general idea of uh, uh, the dimensions of a hockey field then uh, it's tune in if, it's, yeah. if there's nothing else that's all you got then you might as well have a check that out
0: and uh, have a look at all that Euro Hockey TV stuff. Uh, junior Women's is coming That's up. That's coming up, I and I, think, you know, I imagine yeah, that, will, that, that, that will all be streamed as well uh, on there. Yeah, the same uh, as the, the, also the some,
1: Boys has been.
0: There's also some uh, indoor test matches. Oh, we've got those, sorry. Uh, it's Three Nations, Pro League. Uh, is that the other
1: There was some uh, sp- the Spain versus Netherlands women's hockey that went on last week. I don't know if you've got the results there, but what I did see online, John, was the fantastic response from the players to the crowd there's a few images popped up on social media um, where uh, yeah there's lovely scenes check it out I, I, I'll uh, I'll repost the stuff on our Twitter feed
0: Under 21 Women's Indoor Championship uh, for Euro Hockey uh, starting on the 18th this weekend Yeah, uh, we've also got China and Canada playing some uh, Test matches, there's senior women's outdoor six matches going on there. That's starting on the 19th. Spain and German men are playing senior outdoor men's 21st to the 23rd. So there's plenty of test matches uh, being played, especially by the teams warming up to the Pro League, which...
1: And look, and dom- domestically as well, oh, d- d- domestic, a couple of things. Domestically, the, uh, a lot of stuff is tied up in England moving forward to the, uh, the Super Sixes that's not far off at the Copper Box Arena uh, Germany as well I think the um, the general league stuff is kind of sorted out and everybody knows who's heading towards finals over there uh, over in Malaysia the yeah. uh, the Malaysian Hockey League for women uh, that's two or three games under the belt for most sides then the the Chinese side Liaoning Infinite Space are uh, sort of headed, heading themselves up as favourites at the moment they've won two from two the latest game was a 2-0 win to two uh, short corners over the unbeaten Unitend that had featured eight Malaysian internationals uh, also at the weekend Terengganu ladies had a 13 nil win um, three players scoring four apiece in that over Penang Sports that puts them on top on goal difference and a penalty corner hat-trick from Hong Kong international Tiffany Chan Ying Ching helped the Blue Warriors to a 7 nil win and uh, there's lots going on there the first uh proper round of MHL will kick kick off pretty much as we speak over this weekend now there have been some of the cup competitions happening uh, none of the big players have got involved yet but expect the likes of Kieran Govers and Davey Hart and Robert Kemperman to take the stage for Uni KL when the, the main league kicks off in the next few days <laughs>
0: Well, it's time now for our featured interview, Matt. But before we get to the featured interview, we've got to have a little chat.
1: We do indeed. Now, uh, pretty fresh in the last 24 hours, some news popped up on the Belgian media, and it was, of course, then picked up on the the wider hockey media around the globe. And uh, I'll just give you a quick bit of the translation, John. The Gaming Commission opens an investigation into possible illegal betting by players and or staff members of the Red Lions. It's about 20 matches from 2015 up to and including the 2018 World Cup, confirms Marc Coudron, chairman of the Belgian Hockey Federation.
0: Well, that's not good news on face value. It's do not, we know much more? What do we know?
1: Well, it says that uh, the according to the newspapers La Denier Eure and La Libre, three players of the brand new world champions are in the scope of an of an investigation. The Hockey Association confirms that it has been contacted by the Gambling Committee. There will be about 20 suspicious matches between 2015 and the end of 2018. Uh, We are at the stage when the Gaming Commission gathers information which is not a police investigation, contrary to what's in the paper, stresses Dennis Van Dam, Director of Marketing and Communication at the Belgian Hockey Federation. We responded to the question from the aforementioned committee, which requested a copy of the competition magazines of the Red Lions in India. If the file of the Gaming Commission arrives at the public prosecutor's office, a judicial investigation may also take place. In that case, the Hockey Association wants to cooperate fully. And of course they do. Now, this could just be a storm in a teacup, John. Um, We don't know what amounts we're talking about, do we? Well,
0: we know very little about exactly the... What was going on at all? So it makes it very, very hard to, you know, form an opinion on, on the situation. We don't know any circumstance, amounts. That Seems to
1: be state. linked to something online-wise, you know, with well, on, online. Well, that's what we
0: believe. But what it does do is bring into stark reality for all hockey lovers that, um, you know, we are part of the wider sports community and that means sports betting.
1: It does indeed, and you'll find that. National associations and international federations will be uh, quite clear on the regulations as to what you can and can't do and we will probably generally find it's what you can't do um, and maybe these guys could fall foul of something they've signed up to.
0: They might do, but we've managed to track someone down today.
1: Well, we have indeed. We've, uh, uh, lucky enough, a listener um, who works in this area uh, was willing to come on and have a bit of a chat about sports betting integrity. We're delighted to have joined us today Mr Scott Ferguson he's an independent wagering consultant based in the UK, originally from Australia and we'd like to get a bit of his, his insight on the, uh, the integrity angle with particularly this incident but wider in, in hockey and in sports. Scott thanks for joining us Thanks very much guys Thanks to me on now, uh, it's come across your desk in the past day or so, the uh, the allegations that there may have been some impropriety um, with two or three of the Belgian players and, and coaching staff with regard to having um, a couple of bets on some games. Going back to 2015, what's your initial take on the story? Yeah, having a, having a look at it and you know, bear in mind that it's translated by Google,
2: so there may be some ambiguities in the <laughs> translations, but it, it just seems like... Uh, a few guys have, breached a, have um, breached a betting code that's fairly new to them. Um, a bit like a few AFL players in recent years been caught having having a one or two bets sort of thing. Um, doesn't seem to be anything in terms of allegations of match fixing or any dodgy results. Um, just seems like guys are thinking, oh, I can... Uh, so Belgium's quite new to, to gambling and on online sports betting in particular. It's only really come... Um, started being regulated in the last few years there. So they've got, oh, I can, you now can play in the casino, I can have a bet. Oh, I know hockey, let's have a go on that. Uh, without really any care on what, uh, what they should be doing and also whether they can get caught. Um, and as we've found in, in Australia and in, in the UK and various other parts of the world about people having bets that uh, seemingly fairly innocent, they, we don't know the details of stakes and stuff like that, but it's hockey, you can't get on to bet anything substantial. Um, they've probably just had a couple of small little bets And think, oh, this is fun And then um, sometimes later The, the regulators you know, Send through official names and stuff Oh, hello, Jay, Jay Bloggs Who plays, for, plays under this um, Sporting Bodies Regulations Has breached the betting code and up their up flag And the Gaming Commission steps in.
0: Okay, Scott can, can we take this back a little bit And look at uh, Say it might be a more philosophical side To this whole equation Players betting on performance. Now, yep. uh, I would have thought, and or it comes to my mind that the one person that deserves to be able to bet on something is the person actually performing. Is that an outrageous idea?
2: No, it's not. And there's no there's cases of this in history. You've got the famous um, Dennis Oli and Rod Marsh at Headingley in uh, 1981 when Beefy went went nuts and, and you know, they had they got five hundred to one and. And collected a few quid there. There was no issues of integrity there. No one thought of thought of it. All those larrikins having having a fiver on in the lab brooks, getting someone to put a fiver on for them in the lab tent on the, on the day. Um, there has been historical um, anecdotal tales of rugby league teams uh, punting up and funding their end-of-season trips and those sort of things. Um, in theory, there's nothing wrong with it. You're encouraging yourself to bet. Where it does become a concern is that if they're betting so much that then they start providing incentives for the other person to do it, for the the opponents to underperform. Um, But where the authorities are coming in is it's much easier to just basically stamp it out completely and say you can't do it, because otherwise you have to have thresholds in there and where's the line for this sport or this particular level of of a sport or a league. You know, 100 pounds is okay in this league, but it's only five pounds elsewhere. What's appropriate for the player? What's and for their salary and that sort of stuff. So basically the regulators think if they come up on the, uh, operator files as this person's had a bet on, on their sport, bang, they're in trouble. Regardless of whether it's, uh, um, one, one dollar in a 27 league accumulator or it's, you know, <laughs> 20, or it's 20 grand, uh, 20 grand on the win, which may, you know, which may be enough then to encourage them to influence yeah. the other player with a bribe, their opponents. So that, that's the cautious side that the regulator's taking.
1: You mentioned a the flag then, but what, what, what would likely flag up an individual? How, how would that happen?
2: Um, so in, in Australia, the Australian system is, uh, if you went on the AFL website, for example, across the, or any other sporting body, across the bottom of their uh, site or even on the bookmaker site in reverse, you would see they have, um, they're have officially endorsed and officially licensed by um, the particular sport. So, bookmaker X has one from the AFL, one from the NRL, one from uh, the A League, Tennis Australia, etc. What that does is means they are paying a license a license fee on on the data to use the player player teams and stuff like that. But they're also cooperating with the with the organisation. So, you know, once a year, once every couple of months, something like that, all the official players and officials that are under the code of that particular sport, their names can be put on a list, and then be then they basically go to the audit team of those those authorised partners and go through and say right check if these guys have got, these um, individuals have accounts and ha- if so have they placed a bet on this particular sport so there's cases of um, a few jockeys for example being picked up in Australia for betting on when Black Caviar went to Royal Ascot now completely out of the Australian jurisdiction but under the terms of their um, their contracts of that any horse racing whatsoever worldwide and that's, that's just part, part of the code. So it's complete sort of wipe out a complete sort of blackout of that particular sport. And um, it's one of those things that's in fine print in the, in the contracts, but with match fixing and, and betting scandals, they've been fairly high profile in recent years. It's one thing that, you know, just about all sports, certainly in Australia and the UK, they get warned about and say, like, this is the code you are signing up to. You cannot do this, you cannot do that, you cannot do that.
1: And do you think this is, you know, every sport worldwide, betting on hockey I guess is a fairly new thing, and like you said, not a, a particularly, sort of largely invested thing either.
2: Um, it's Well, it would be in the regulated countries. Uh, in India, the rule would be you can't bet full soccer; because it's illegal. Same, same with Pakistan um, and, and numerous other countries around the world. Um, it would be something that it's would become yeah, any, anywhere it's regulated, or any any... International body uh, for major a sport, yes, it would be would be having a basically a code of conduct coming in because you know, Indians, for example, mightn't do it through India, but there's no reason why they couldn't. If they were playing World Cup in the UK, there's nothing stopping them walking in and placing a cash bet in a, in a betting shop here. Uh, but they would still be under a code, which would say that's that's you know, that's uh, something they can get penalised for.
1: And it's just an easy get around, isn't it? You give the money to your cousin or your <laughs> uncle or your auntie.
0: Well, that, that leads you, me on to you, a question now, yeah. Scott, about how wide does that net go? Not only within from a, in a player's family or someone involved who's under that code, but how deep within a sporting organisation does that code run? Is you know, can some bloke who's playing sevens for a particular club perhaps bet on a on the team playing first, or is that not allowed?
2: Um, it would depend, it basically depends on the sport. So, for example, in the football leagues here, um, in the UK, it goes down, I think, seven tiers. Wow. Um, so it's the first, basically, anywhere they're getting paid and they could possibly support themselves by playing, by playing the sport. Right.
3: Um,
2: in, uh, in AFL, it will include basically all the, all the staff involved in the, t- in the team. So, it'll include the physio, it'll include the, the team managers. Um anyone who and the thing there is more about sort of you know being able to capitalise on team news before it's public. Um, in you know, in something like in something like AFL or rugby league. Um yeah, it's just uh and also media accredited media now have um that have that sort of information. They have
1: restrictions on what they can do as well. And that obviously that would be a contractual thing though, But if we're talking about the sort of the the amounts that you'd need to win to sort of flag up as being an issue, you did mention something private privately to me that probably anything over two grand in hockey would would be flagged up.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very obscure sport. you any any time, apart from a major tournament being uh, World Cup uh, or the Olympics, you're really going to see this sport offered. Um, is is the reality. You're not going to see. It, it'd be unlikely to see things like the National League or something like that. Up um, the Pro League might do a bit different. Might be a bit different because there's all the fixtures can be high profile, but relatively for hockey, um, <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on the nature nature of the betting. When there's a fix on, people, these people tend to to get greedy, and the word spreads like wildfire. Yeah. It's, they, they say it's only the uh, only the sloppy bookmaker, who, uh, sorry, only the sloppy burglar who gets caught.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, basically, if, so if you leave, you know, if you get too greedy, then then you make mistakes. So if, if it was something small, you know, you get, you know it's the same as I'm fiddling the books and you know, taking the money out of petty cash. If you're taking you know, two quid out per week or something like that, you're not getting caught. If you suddenly reach and take the whole lot and make it blatantly obvious, up comes yeah. a flag, six out like a sore thumb, and you get caught. Um, in hockey betting terms, it's a very small pond, so it would not take much at all. It's, it would be more to the, not so much with one person um, placing a big bet. It would be basically serious, know, a series of, of bets heavily on the, the you know, on an unexpected result would be, would be the way to wait for it to flag up.
0: Now, Scott, um, you know there's a lot of controversy about this particular episode involving the Belgians, but would this be on the lighter side of the sort of wrongdoing that goes on in the sports betting industry? And would you think that it's far less of a concern than the idea of the players actually being paid by a bookmaker to perform?
2: Um, oh, it's definitely on the on the light side. If we haven't seen haven't seen stakes or number of bets involved, so we don't know whether it's you know, a couple of or someone's basically bet on every single match for and empty their account so we don't know the extent of that but by the wording of the um, of the translated article it sounds it sounds like it's particularly innocent to someone you know, um, just being a bit naive really um, in, in terms of yeah people being paid by bookmakers whether to well give them pitch information or be you know there's a bit of a um a bit of a ruckus over here at the moment about bookmakers sponsoring not, not certain teams but sponsoring certain horse trainers and jockeys to, for them to provide a, um, a blog and their own information So before it becomes public. Um, things like that which are, can leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth if, the, if it's going via a, a betting partner rather than straight out into public first. Um, I would think that's a bit more distasteful than Innocent few few pounds, which few quid, whichever currency, um, which yeah, it'd be highly unlikely that it's something that's um, it has integrity risk. It's more just a, a policy of uh, you shouldn't be doing this. We want to be whiter than white in terms of integrity.
1: Now In the case of these these Belgian guys, let's and let's say it's the odd five or the odd tenner here and there. What by what? Sort of level of penalties. Um, is there a precedent, you know, for, out there in the in the sports world at the moment?
2: It, re- it, you know, it really depends. We've had, we've had jockeys and suspended for suspended for anywhere from three months to to eighteen months, depending on the size of the bet or how, how frequent it was. We've had AFL players um, also given substantial sort of either fines or you know, talking about sort of six six months sort of bans. So that and that's that's just for having a bet rather than in any sort of integrity risk um it really depends on the regulation as i said sports betting is quite new in Belgium um you know, there's been obviously issues with with match fixing in, in in soccer football um around the world for for several years um but there's you know, there's certainly no allegations of anything anything too to anything of an integrity risk here it's more more, more a policy so it, it depends on the mood of the regulators but i would suggest it's a, it's a it's a basically a slap on the wrist whether that be a one or two matches of a ban or a a small fine or community work or something like that
0: Scott I think it would be fair to say as long as people have been betting on things there's been people who are prepared to cheat at betting on things and you know there's a long history of all sorts of of, of scams but they're all basically based around the same sort of thing I mean famously in Australia we had someone trying to paint white white hooves on a horse and with the fine cotton. Fine cotton, And, yep. you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of bizarre things, but they're all very much well known that, that that was what's going on. But we've moved into a different world with sports betting, and I'm just wondering, you know, how much that challenges the integrity of the industry?
2: Um, in, well, it's basically to trade in the industry, so the, the integrity side of it's quite quite big so for a modern bookmaker the integrity and the compliance departments are quite large not only do you have the sporting integrity part you also got particularly fraud with you know, money laundering and identity theft and, and, and stuff like that so there's, there's it's a big part of bookmaking the bookmaker these days is all the, um, the sort of risk assessments and stuff but all the compliance for an operator is big and, and regulators do come down quite hard on anyone being let through um, so now they, and particularly with most bookmakers now being part of um, part of uh, a publicly listed, um, they can't get away with that anymore. So you must sort of comply. Any any hit to your rep- rec- um, reputation by by a government body giving you a fine, and that, that the shareholders are up in arms, sort of thing. So that's you can't really get away with that sort of thing anymore. And operators um, operators get punished by the regulators if they don't have the various um, checks and balances and the risk departments and compliance departments and integrity checks and that sort of thing going on constantly
0: Oh look, I, I think that the, the modern I think sports gambling is a far more organised beast than it has ever been before as far as the ability of organised crime to because that's the, the, the real nasties in the pictures when people get organised to take on a bookmaker or a sports betting or that sort of thing that's when we get some serious problems going. You know, people always try and dodge a system, but when it becomes organised, that's when the sport has a serious problem.
2: For sure, but at the same time, you know, the, your biggest scandals are generally with your unregulated bodies. So cricket in Asia with yeah, unlicensed bookmakers, with, with with soccer, the money's going into Asia where there's no there's no there's some regulation, but there certainly isn't the integrity in there. You try and do it through a licensed bookmaker. Licensed bookmakers, not so much, you no, know, partly the compliance part, but also they're there to make money. <laughs> if you start, if, if you start, if you start winning with, if you start winning with them, they'll, they'll start shutting you down. Yeah. But generally, um, if they're beating, no, if you're beating them, if, you uh, you found a better system or some of like that, if you're just a, a really smart sort of player on, on, particularly horse racing or various sports, but if you're, Constantly going against what the what the pricing or the bookmakers are saying, and it's like, well, hang on, there's something wrong here. This this match, these matches aren't being played on fair terms. The customer, this person obviously knows something. Well, then that's getting flagged, or that customer's getting shut down. Whereas if you're betting into 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 Asia or unlicensed, it's very much a sort of money laundering based on turnover, based on getting customers both sides. They're not paying tax. They don't have the extra overheads in there. Um, that's where the danger lies. So, um, and even America started started to work that out with. Regulation is better because you force it underground, and that's where it's dodgy. Thankfully, hockey's hockey's not big enough to 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 worry about that. But certainly, in other sports that's you know you you bring it bring it out in the open. Um, now, on that, I'm very much against the um, the advertising on telly being ran down the throats all the time. But certainly, you bring it out in the public with proper organisation, government bodies regulating and and penal um, operators for not. Um, looking after their clients and, and shutting all the loopholes, uh, it's better for the better for the sports long term because that actually protects their integrity rather than uh, you get people think Ooh, oh all this gambling here. I can make money out of it I can I can fix things but actually all they're doing is is um, being caught very quickly because it's just it's not it's not something you can do very easily.
1: I think that transparency is key, and uh, we talk about it a lot just yeah. within the hockey family. But um, we spoke to Muff uh, in Hong Kong a few weeks ago, who's, who's in the sports game, and we we asked his view on on hockey as a, a gambling sport. What's what's your take yeah. on the the mix of ho- hockey and having a wager? Looking forward into the future,
2: it's. You know, it's pretty small. There's a number of events. obviously interesting you see what the Pro League does actually in the, the format and you know, whether they can make it into big weekends. It's, you know, the, the big sports, the reason they're so popular in gambling is they are week in, week out. You have regular form to go on. If you have tournaments, you know, big tournaments once a year or spread out and a few other tournaments in between which aren't full strength, it doesn't really help anyone best mm. um you know, that plus it's also on it's also always on, always on pay TV pay TV if it's scheduled if it's on TV at all. Um, but, no, it's very hard to get people out and, and, and betting. You don't have that tribal sort of uh, following like like uh, the round ball code does. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it personally. I love to have a bet on bet on hockey um, from now time to time because because it's so infrequent, bookmakers don't pay any attention to it, and you, know, you can get. Uh, get some substantially different, different odds yeah. um, to, what, to what, should, what they should be or what you think should be, so differing opinions and that's, that's the one part you can win in sports betting because ultimately it's one person's opinion against another in terms of what the percentage chance of the winning is
0: I, I keep trying to explain to people that the, the odds a bookmaker offers you are based on the amount of money he's prepared to lose on a particular sporting contest uh, yeah, it, um,
2: yeah ultimately you're trying to create a, a balanced book Um, so you'll see money for each side but that's a bit of a um, no that's a bit of a utopia really Um, you you know particularly in our our, our great sport you don't see that much money coming in so you're not really going to balance it up Um, but yeah you're basically trying to set set a nice balance for for the money coming in you're trying to spread it all out and um, in the sake of it, for absolute tournaments, let so say you've got a World Cup and there's four games in a day. Well, you don't want to um, win on three of the matches and then do your absolute cojones on the on the other game well, <laughs> because, you've got, because you've got the price wrong. You want to try and balance it out so people are having uh, a spread of bets and you've at the end of the day the you've got the percentage in your favour. So you, know, you end up making a profit in the end.
0: Scott, when when I was a kid growing up, bookies were blokes with a hat and a leather bag around their waist. Um, yep, it, it's a lot different these days. Um, how much do things like algorithms and mathematicians have to do with the whole sports betting industry?
2: For for sports that are day in, day out um, very, very much so. Um, for hockey, because again because it's so infrequent, it, I don't think it comes down to that too much at all because you're going to have tournaments and friendlies which you know, you've got vast changes in in, um, in team selection so the Aussie squad might have know, 25 players under contract and they might sort of rotate that around depending on the attending on the events and that's quite difficult to work work with so um, it's yeah it's all I remember uh, I've been in the game just on this is my 20th year I think in the, in the sport and the first job I had up in Darwin they brought in a retired US Navy guy to do sports modelling and <laughs> myself and myself and most of the guys there laughed out. no you can't possibly do that no um, I was working for a guy called Mark Reed at the time one of Australia's most famous bookmakers yeah. and he'd he created a massive horse racing database. That's where it made, made his millions from. But sport now couldn't possibly do it. Now everything is done with sports modelling. If there was one decision in my life that I, that I regret making, it's laughing at that and not getting involved <laughs> <when I couldn't. laughs> because everything's everything's based on modelling that these days. Yeah.
1: Now, Scott, before we let you go, we, we know that you're chair at Cheam Hockey Club in the UK. Can you tell us a little bit about the club and why they should come and play with you and at your club? Okay,
2: well, Team's, team's a great little club. We're in, uh, in south-western London, just on the, just the edge of uh, Surrey. Um, we're in between some of the, some of the massive clubs in, in London. So we're right near Surbiton, Wimbledon, Spencer and Epsom. Uh, we've got three men's teams, three three ladies teams, and about 100 and, 120 juniors coming through. Um, I'm one of the veterans of the club, sort of captain the captain the men's threes, uh, coach the coach the under eights. Um, a couple of young goalkeepers coming, got a couple of young goalkeepers coming through. My, my two kids, um, a great little great little uh, family sort of social club. we we're, we're nowhere near. Um, the, the heights of Usurban and Wimbledon. Um, we're in, coming into our into our centenary year in 2020. Wonderful. Um, been around been around quite a while. Um, back in the back way before my time. Apparently, we did used to compete with the likes of uh, Surbiton, etc. But um, they got their Astros, and, and we stayed at a little suburban club um, on grass for far too long. And um, we're we're now in the sort of social. A, a social echelon rather than, rather than going for National League but that's um, yeah, that works quite well for us we played at a local uh, private school so you're,
0: um, you're in, playing
2: on turf in there. Sheen oh, it's a, it, it, everything's, everything's astro here um, it's, too, it's too bloody cold and wet this time of year um, do anything else um,
0: change season, yes <laughs>
2: yeah it'd be nice um, but no it's a, it's a great little club I've been uh, been in the area for what nine ten years years now and um, you know we've got some very, very sort of handy players, and this year we've got a great story where one of our old juniors has come back from uni um, on his uh, play, business placement year back into London, and he's uh, he's coaching our men's ones.
1: Fantastic! It's hard to get them so, c- coming back after they disappear for uni in England, isn't it?
2: Very much so. It's yeah. I'm used to the Australian system where it's all in the big cities, but yeah. uh, here it's all all spread out. But um, no, great little story of him coming back to the club, and you know, we sort of developed him, and all that. so now he's now he's coaching. So. Um, yeah, it's a great little club, and uh, you know, anyone who's um, on the, you know, have had their aspirations of playing high levels, and now uh, either you know, life catches up with them, um, and they haven't got quite gotten much time to, uh, you know, to train or to push forward into those high levels, then uh, if you're anywhere close to, close to us in South West
1: London, we'd love to hear from you. So, how do they get in touch with you there, Scott?
2: Well, uh, my, me on Twitter is Boris Ranting, or it's Team uh, Hockey Club in you know, basically all, all social media. Platforms, or or even look stuff on Google.
1: And if anybody wants to get hold of a excellent independent wagering consultant, where do they go to? <laughs> and same again, just by the Twitter handle. And uh, are you sure? Two goalkeepers in the family? Your kids?
2: At the moment, yeah, the young boys. Uh, young boys, seven. Um, he's a very very rough. No, tough defender at the back but he's uh, adamant he's playing in pads he had his first go in uh, training a long ago and he loved it uh, my daughter's not really sure but she'll ever go there or she'll play up front and
1: <laughs> run around but um, <laughs> it's great, it's ah, it's great to see they're not, they're not quite at the stinky age yet then oh no no
0: long way off that yet <laughs> you're lucky there <that> bor- hey <laughs> Boris Boris <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> One more before we let you go. You you mentioned you've been in the industry 20 years. You've you've had a lot of experience in this integrity side of things. Can you let us in on one little thing that you've seen in your time that just made you think, what were you thinking? Did you honestly believe you'd get away with this?
1: Um, let me think.
2: Oh, there's been been many of those people trying little betting scams and stuff like that when... uh, I was involved in one of the first websites that were going online and didn't have all the checks and balances and and links together of trying to stop related results. So you'd have people on on soccer coming on and backing, oh, let's back nil-nil and let's back the draw and let's back under 2.5 goals and no first goal scorer and all these sort of things, basically the same result. Yeah. it as many times as they can. So multiplying nine by nine by nine by nine. <laughs> I tried it. And then, uh, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then complaining they're best avoided and thought, why? Um Things like uh, yeah, things like that or people you know, there's there are people out there who just trying to catch you with their pants down the whole time and you know my motto's always been do under others as they is it that um, do under you. Yeah. You, know, you, you you reach out to a bookmaker and say, I think you've got a mistake there and more often than not I've been rewarded with a free bet rather than have my account closed because um, they, they do stand out because the people that do that that um, find these, these mistakes they don't put their usual stake on it they usually unload and it just sticks out it's just so blatantly
1: <laughs> obvious it's um, just like why
2: why even bother
1: alright well you're teaching me something anyway Scott <laughs> thank you and I realise some of the errors in my ways
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scott that's fantastic thanks so much for joining us good luck to team hockey club for the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully you get plenty of games on the park. And you're not snowed off or rained off or anything like that.
2: It's been very mild this this winter. It's been very mild. Does anyone think there's some um, global warming or something? But uh, <laughs> I think the, the, they're talking about the, the beast of the east coming through in a couple of weeks, which might mean uh, snowing matches off. But uh, see so how we go.
0: I think winter's just moved by about six weeks, hasn't
2: it? Yeah, probably. Quite possibly. It's. Uh, yeah, it's a bit grim over here, and it's you know, looking out the window and um, looking over at Westminster. But uh, no, we'll, we'll leave politics out of it.
1: Thank you, Scott. Uh, bring back the bully, yes or no?
2: Absolutely. I, I was one of the first guys to buy the T-shirt.
1: Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Don't dear, Scott, we'll speak again. Thanks, Jess. Been a pleasure.
0: You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and that was Scott Ferguson. Good listener of ours and a good fella. And he's an he, independent wagering consultant who specialises in integrity issues in the sports betting industry.
1: And look, there's a man with integrity, and he bought a Bring Back the Bully t-shirt, John.
0: He, he <laughs> did. He did indeed. Uh, and thanks to Scott for joining us. Uh, oh, it's fascinating, isn't very it? Very short yeah. notice. But I don't know that it's a big issue in the sport at the, at the moment because hockey's not that huge part of the betting world but it's something that we should be at least thinking about
1: it's one of those things john isn't it we struggle to get hockey in the press we really struggle globally yeah Yeah. we we all think we deserve a bit more and uh, you struggle and all the good stories and all the happiness that you can deliver you still can't make the front pages as soon as a little slip-up happens that in other sports would be considered minor um, certainly in oh. sports, well, sports at the big end. Uh, oh, look, it all comes down to the circumstance. You're right. We don't, we don't know what they are, uh, but potentially minor. It's, it's everywhere.
0: But on, a, on a broader t- chat, because I, I think it would be fair to say both of us, despite my little uh, at you just before, uh a fairly lax. We're fairly unmoved by the whole story in the sense, oh, so some blokes were laying some bets, were they? Okay, we're Australian. Well, I'm Australian, but you've become oh, an adopter. So, oh, well, okay, Mate, when a, I left
1: the UK, the bookies gave, gave me a well, leaving card. I was going to
0: say one of the things that uh, allowed us to give you, remove that little part of your brain that makes you Australian <laughs> <laughs> was the fact that you liked punt. Um you know,
1: What was fascinating is I think Scott and I have had a role reversal. He's been in the UK about 15 years, and I've been over here 15 years. And we're both heavily involved in our clubs. He's the chairman. I'm a vice president. He's coaching and playing. He plays every potential grade that he can, any position he can. And I'm exactly the same.
0: Yeah. And it's your opposite, too, because he's on the smart side of the punt but anyway. <laughs> yeah well I don't know okay. I don't know I'm
1: living in Perth mate <laughs>
0: that's true that Scott thanks true. so much yeah. for joining us It's an absolute pleasure but what do yeah, you like make of this let's get back to the situation okay um, Is it just if it is just a few blokes having a punt? Well, look, I'm, I'm firmly in the belief that any anybody deserves to lay a bet on on a performance of a sporting contest. It's the athlete that's involved. That's a default position of mine. But I understand all the parameters that come with other human thoughts and feelings like greed and you know. There's been plenty of plenty of sportsmen that have been prepared to throw their performance for money.
1: What's in? What's interesting was what Scott said about the the legal and the illegal markets, and mm. that that's what skews a lot of it. And I think you're gonna know, if there's transparency. You mentioned before when we were talking if somebody was having a punt on a game that they were playing, it had to be had to go on the public record.
3: That, well, that's I, yeah, my model. Yeah. Game.
1: How 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 quickly would they do it uh, if they realized if they were back in the other side? But that they that their own fans and employers could actually see that. Well, they're not going to be in the team very long. They're going to lose their income, aren't they?
0: Yeah, you, you could have all exactly the same rules as now, but allow athletes to bet on whatever contest they like, as long as it's on the public record now. And, ath- and what, athletes and 20, are,
1: 24 hours before 24 the event? hours before yeah. the
0: event begins, the starting time of that event. Now, athletes are already, obviously, because it happens, slipping past anyway, regardless of the rules we have now. So a- adding that to the spheres is not going to change the criminality of anybody. Well,
1: listen, if you know your name's going to, potentially going to go on a register or be, be checked off on a register at a later date against a, a a bet that you've had somewhere, you just don't have the bet. It's happened for centuries. You don't have the bet, do you? Somebody else has the bet for you. And Like, like you asked uh, Scott, how deep does the, the dive go down through your family and friends to see who could have done yeah. something? It's
0: it's, it's incre- and mind you bookmakers aren't the bad guys here necessarily i've i've got nothing against a bet and having a punt and all that sort of stuff i get it i'm not really a crash hot on, you on mean, things you that start after the event like in-game betting yeah. I do- uh, that's real dodgy but
1: so you wouldn't be averse to the reverse stick brought to you by bet365.com paddypower.com com. yeah i would be you would
0: uh y- um,
1: Guys, don't call me.
0: Look, I've got nothing against it, but, um, you know, there's certain things I don't think that we need to advertise. That's just, it's like Scott said about sports bookmakers during live events and stuff like that, broadcasting advertisements. Yeah. And, I, you know, betting's fine, but I don't think it needs to be broadcast to everybody and encouraged by kiddies. Yeah. You know, they kids
1: that want to bet will bet anyway. Don't worry about that. No, don't worry. I had a little... You're a little... (laughs) (laughs) I used to take a skim on the old tossing the two-pound coins up against the wall in the classroom. Some lads uh, made some uh, business cards for me. Honest, Matt, you won't get your bloody money back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, look... But you know what's good about to calm down your betting? Go to a market that you don't know very well.
0: Hey, there is also another issue involved here in this whole story because... Uh, hockey is a global game and in a global game you're involving lots of different cultures and you're involving lots of different views and on, on the world and how the world yeah, runs yeah, and yeah, how yeah, the world yeah, is yeah, structured. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's illegal so in some countries. It is indeed. Yeah. And so somewhere where a behaviour to us might be deemed as just oh yeah, no worries. That's that's sweet. There's going to be places where that sort of behaviour is not tolerated and likewise People might come here and do something, and we go, "Oh, that's a bit weird. What are you doing?"
1: Yeah. Well, you look 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 at Odisha, where what they and uh, India as a whole are looking to get that idea over that sport is uh, a a social activity. It's 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 not it's work and then sport. There's not this link necessary link that by being good at sport you then might get a job somewhere and it might it might pay for for the
0: sake of sport. Yeah.
1: Yeah 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 it's a way to unwind it's it's um it's yeah it's it's about keeping fit Well you've it's, often It's brought about up, all of the good social yeah, yeah, yeah
0: you've often brought up the idea that organized sport came from that that world of uh of oh, the factories and factories the mills and the mill owners yeah. go well this is your day off we're organizing this yeah. and blah, blah blah and yeah and it was
1: social welfare
0: Yeah, essentially and i think that model continued in india whereas what happened in in Britain has it managed to move on from being just a thing sponsored by, you know, people started. forming social groups playing hockey but as a, opposed but to all teams. I
1: think there's, like yeah, that. there's a pride in India though through the, through those employment. Uh, employment, yeah through the companies through the, the government departments. It's a, there's, culturally it, it's it's very it's very very different. Yeah, uh, and, and that's it. And we we spout on about. The greatness of club culture and club hockey's where it's at and but it's 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 not there all around the world. We'd like it to be all the, but it's not possible everywhere, is it?
0: Not yet anyway. Maybe in the future. Let's sprout on about something else, shall we? <laughs> Before you go anywhere, because I know you've got a whole backlog. Let's quickly go through the Pro League because that kicks off on the 19th. So you may or may not have heard this podcast by the time the first game gets underway in the new Pro League. It's a men's game. It is on FIA live. Spain versus Belgium. It'll be coming to you from Estadio a a Batero in Valencia, kicking off at 1pm local time in Spain. Well, isn't that siesta so, time? I would have thought so. Uh, are you, does that mean you're betting on the Belgians? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, what time is that? You, you're the European time expert. So seven what, or eight hours? For us?
1: Yeah. Uh, There's seven from us at 8pm Australia. That would, that would be uh, midday in the UK. So one
0: o'clock in...
1: And... Spain. The other end of the day In South America And Canada okay.
0: And everywhere else Yep Thank you for that time update Thank from you From Alan uh, look, Sponsored by Accurist the women's, the women's competition That gets underway With the first game Being played On the uh, 26th of January Which is the day After the second Men's game Have played uh, Spain will be playing Great Britain On the 25th In the men Then uh, Argentina and Belgium will be kicking off the women's campaign on the 26th. That game will be at the Estadio Hockey in Cordoba.
1: Good luck! I'd
0: like to go to Cordoba. Good actually.
1: luck to Belgium in that, because after uh, recent performances <laughs> from Argentina and the home crowd, uh, I think uh, you might be in for a rude shock.
0: Yeah, uh, that game's kicking off at 3:30 uh, p.m. local time. That's in a weekend game. In Cordoba. Uh, 26th of January Yeah You know how you can Really find out Australia Day mate Is it Australia No 27th
1: Get out And uh, Indian Independence Day As well
0: Oh that's right Yeah Those things Um,
1: So do your celebrations And then watch some Hockey in Argentina
0: Neither of which teams Will be playing in the A League What a good day It would have A pro league Sorry A league Oh (laughs) That's too horrible A Freudian slip Those (laughs) blokes actually Get paid money For playing Okay Um Back what's, to the what's,
1: what's the A stand for? hey What's the matter? <laughs> I asked
0: you to get paid. A? <laughs> I asked you to get paid. A. A. Yeah, that's right. Let's get on with the hockey program, shall we? Um. Yeah, where were you? Stadio hockey called over. 3.30pm local time The best way to find out about what's going on
1: F-I-H dot live, live. Uh, And get on there now Because there's a special Inside the D Pro League special It runs about 45 minutes oh, I'm about 32 minutes through I like most of it Some of the facts are a little bit off on it But, it, you... but, but it was obviously made before final squad selections were made. So there's there a was. bit of a guess I was going to ask it. you
0: what you made of the Mate, uh, well, I, Players that will be watching the game
1: <laughs> mate to start with the whole intro the whole hockey history thing the voiceover um the high energy but then it was paired out a little bit with you know just uh, a little bit more reflection on the the great history of our game the goosebumps were up i was smiling i almost had a little tear in my eye and i thought geez i am such a sap when it comes to hockey on a screen in front of me and i'd like to see it presented beautifully obviously some great shots from uh Uh, stuff from the guys at the hockey family uh, the hockey family, uh, the hockey museum Um, yeah, the cube featured Uh, I shared my theory, my dad's theory about we should go back to playing with a cube but having it numbered like a die and uh, whichever once it goes over the line, whichever way it ends up that's how many points you get did we share that anyway? Moving on.
0: Okay, look, let's, we we should mention again the pro league getting underway. The teams. Well, it's interesting. We've got the team list here, all the all the nations for men and women, and some teams have got twenty odd names. Yeah, I think they more, get to, or, they get know, to
1: list up to thirty two. I think it is uh, in total. But then you've got forty eight hours before the actual game starts to name your final eighteen well, for themselves it.
0: themselves plenty of leeway to add players to their squads yeah. if they so choose. So now yeah. I was under the impression. That um, teams had to name finalised squads before a date. that
1: was it was there was De- to the date we're December, talking now. It was December.
0: It was December, and yeah. they haven't done that, so I don't know what the rules are regarding team lists as they stand. But what I can tell you is, you can you can see perhaps there's differences in um, perhaps budgets in the in the team staff that are being sent along. Um, most teams have a manager and uh, a stand-in manager. So obviously someone will be travelling or someone will be staying at home. And uh, you look at a team like the German men; they've got a team manager, a stand-in manager. Then they've got the coach, of course, Stefan Kamas, three assistant coaches, two doctors, and three physiotherapists. That's going with the German men well, the, 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 team. The, the, then you look at Great Britain. No, don't, worry at the, the, don't worry about Don't worry about.
1: Don't worry about them. Not playing yet. The the, uh, the Spanish two physios, uh, medical doctor. Head coach, assistant coach, team manager, stand-in manager.
0: Yeah, I also, on the women's side of things... It's quarter 26. The Australian women are uh, travelling with a psychologist and a physiotherapist, uh, only one assistant coach, but a stand-in manager, and these things, as you mentioned, will change. It's just interesting that, you know whether these are travelling parties or whether they're just people put down I mean the Netherlands has got a host of people in fact both of their physiotherapists are also listed as stand-in managers alongside the stand-in manager and the two team managers
1: there's a lot of managing going on in the Netherlands there is indeed Uh, the Spanish team just quickly not too many major changes coming out of the World Cup of course uh, they exited at the group stage a little unlucky uh, they're ranked ninth in the world at the moment, but you've still got the old heads like Kiko Cortez and uh, Pau Mada. <coughs> excuse me, still in there, and of course Javi Leonard. Uh, a lot of experience, and we'll see a very similar team to that at which we saw at the World Cup, led by Mickey Dias
0: Speaking of similar teams at the World Cup, Belgium. Well, I'm not sure how similar it'll be. Because you wouldn't so change it much, would you? Well, it's hard to know whether... I think some of these players are named as being in the squad, but whether they'll turn out on the day. We've only got the squads. We haven't got the game day sheets. But, you know, Belgium, how experienced... So you got John John Doning, he's named as coming back. Uh He's played 368 tests. uh, You know, Florent Van Orbel's over 200. you got Cedric Charlier at 290. uh Felix Denier on 289 208 for Vincent Van Denier, Denier Denier that's a bloke that's a bit tight uh, Like Leipart he's played 211 Tom Boone he's played 266 and Bone uh, no it's Boone
1: no, we just, no we've got the podcast dog next to me oh, I was just yeah, offering a Maggie yeah. do you want a bone no,
0: I'm sorry I, I, I apologise to Belgian fans there because we've got a great Australian legend of uh, cricket as it turns out oh. David Boone, Oh yeah, yeah, Boone whose name is spelled B-O-O-N Yeah. and uh, I can't you say you see that written somewhere and you just think of the the legend 5 foot 2 Tasmanian in the third pants yeah. you can't
1: help it 52 cans on a flight to England that's <laughs>
0: right no wonder it's an Australian legend it was a lot <laughs> full strength beer too um yeah, so you've got a hugely experienced squad and then you have got the odd um odd guy who's played not many. In fact only the odd guy, you Maxime, uh and he's got a name I struggle to pronounce, so apologies, Maxime. It's uh Plenevu. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Moving on Uh up. also got Nicolas Posselet, who's yeah, only played uh, seven games, he's only twenty two. Looking forward and to the Then you've seeing got an interesting case of the twenty eight year old. Amori Timmermans, who's played zero caps, but he's a goalkeeper. Is this the sort of old, old idea of the, the, the better you get, you get better as you get older as a goalkeeper? A lot of nations pick out those young guys. He's a guy with no caps being picked out at do, the age of 28 to play know, international hockey. Across, so good luck to him.
1: Across the three Spanish goalkeepers that have been named, John, they've got an average of uh, 90 games each.
3: Yeah, um, that's a fair. Although, oh, hang on, on, sorry, hang
1: on, let me just check. Alvaro Negrete are oh, one game. <laughs> Albert Perez are oh, zero games. Kiko Cortez, 271 games. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I see what you say, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it must be said, he's the third goalkeeper in line there, but it, he'd be stoked at 28 to get a national call up like that, and good luck to him. I hope he gets some game time and gets a cap up.
1: Good luck to the two Spanish boys. Hope they get some game time before they have to get some game time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's always a worry for goalkeepers. <laughs> okay, we've done the pro league stuff. Uh, look forward to it on hockey. On oh, sorry, F I H live. F I H dot live. Well done. You do it better than that. <laughs> You're listening to the Reverse Stick the Global Hockey Podcast. Time for Matt
1: to tee off. I know we're not okay. going to tee off yet. We're going to just do a bit more news. And, okay. Uh, did you hear about that? It's Ho- hor- that, hor- no, no, you don't know okay. Ho- the horrible decision from GB Hockey.
0: Horrible. Oh, yes, the horrible decision.
1: Mark Hagar invading again. In- in- incredibly, no, not incredibly, but I think it's probably come as a bit of a shock to a lot of the hockey world,
0: especially but, in New Zealand.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, not. Maybe not, with pending inquiry results coming up.
0: He's still listed as a team coach on the official FIH team sheets by the way
1: these things move very quickly in hockey John as we know Uh, Mark commented I'm very excited to be appointed head coach of the Great Britain and England women's teams to be given the responsibility to lead a squad that has been very successful on the world stage is something I do not take lightly the role as head coach is a terrific opportunity and I can't thank Great Britain and England hockey enough for entrusting me to lead their program moving forward I look forward to the challenge of building on the foundations of the program, and I believe that my international coaching experiences with Australia and New Zealand over the past eighteen years will help me lead the squad into this new exciting phase. Uh, Of course, uh, almost ten years at the helm of the Black Sticks women there in New Zealand, where he uh, had great success, uh, took them from a a team around that sort of tenth-ranked and beyond spot uh, to fourth or fifth, a Commonwealth gold, Gold, uh, Commonwealth gold medal. And uh, has really raised the profile of uh, New Zealand women's hockey
0: And I think uh, at their best The teams that he's coached have played A really exhilarating, exciting brand of hockey doubt. as he played in some yeah. ways But um, yeah uh, who, who, who saw that going?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody did at all, did they? Um, but we talked to... Geez, maybe ten, twelve episodes ago about the review that was happening um, through sport in New Zealand, but specifically related to Mark Hagar and a letter um, and an investigation into the culture within the side now, this week, uh, the Hockey New Zealand board has received a copy of that independent review of the black sticks, black sticks women 's team environment undertaken by employment lawyer Maria Dew. Collins says the co- uh, the board is currently working through the review's recommendations and is accordingly developing key actions which will be shared with management and the New Zealand Hockey Players Association. That will come out later in the month. Um, so, you know, the, the the timing is almost perfect, particularly as uh, Mark scheduled to meet up with the team when GB play their first game away in New Zealand. <laughs> so <laughs> it gets a bit... The, other, the, the Pro League scheduling does work perfectly for some people <laughs> obviously it
0: will do <laughs> for the gossipers like us that's for sure
1: but fa- fa- fair play uh, so Mike will be uprooting with the family and
0: uh, uh, look, heading to England you know what you mentioned it there he's been there 10 years yeah, now, uh,
1: that's plenty time isn't it it's plenty uh, time I know, like a 3 or 4 year rotation it's, it's, stuff. It's,
0: it's very very rare that you can keep a coach for a long time Period of time, and I don't know the reasons. I'm not going to speculate why it happens that way, but it is very rare. And and some of the legends of sport have been people that have played, been a coach for a long time with sustained success. And I'm thinking of a bloke like, for most hockey people, you won't know this. Wayne name, Bennett. Jo- no, yep. I'm thinking of a bloke like Joe Paterno, who was a football coach at uh, Penn State in the United States. Um, sadly, his career ended rather uh, a bit. Uh, not a situation you want to talk about and not necessarily of Joe's making but it is what it is uh, but those <laughs> you know it's so rare and I think you get a time you get a certain amount of time with a group of players and, and that's the time and once players start moving in and out of that particular group that you might be able to track and mould then it's time for you to move on as well because dynamics change uh, you've been yeah in no, teams, doubt, no doubt you've been in teams that come together um, they sort of morph to a team that's really good and they have a basic core to them and then play X leads play a Y leads play X a and B come in or whatever, yeah. and the the dynamic changes not because they're necessarily good or bad people or good or bad players or whatever it might be, but it's just different.
1: Mate, it's kaizen, continuous improvement. You just need to keep working at it. It's one in, one out, whatever the dy- dynamic is. But you have to plan for that regeneration all the way through with it, don't you? Um, and and that's, that's, not that's a the head same coaches that, role. That's the same with the, no, no, of course, it, yeah. But it's the same with the coaches, and so it's about coaches preparing the next coaches to come through um, and have some continuity through their program not necessarily thinking right we, 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 uh, we scrap everything we've done for the past year and we rebuild and we do something else because unless you get that continuity you don't get success like Belgium have had do you?
0: Yeah and you've got to have total buy in and I don't necessarily think it's about necessarily what the coach is telling you it's about whether everybody's prepared to just buy into it anyway if, if you all buy into the same plan if It only takes one person to step outside that And the whole thing falls in a heap
1: Yes, one person Or lobby groups Or whatever lobby it might groups, be yeah. But uh, Stacey Mickelson had some gro- really great stuff to say And of course Stacey's uh, up for Hockey World Stars Player of the Year Award
0: Oh look, we should mention before that Sorry um, Well done to Great Britain Because they picked up, I believe A really good coach I think that um, they might have trouble adjusting to a level of. Uh, I, I, I get the feeling that Mike Hart, Mark Hagar is pretty straightforward in the way he puts things. Yeah. And might take them a little bit to adjust to that, but I think once they do that and they get the, they understand how and why the message is being delivered, they'll be sweet. Well, they could, could be such a good team.
1: Yeah. Pl- players like Stacey Mickelson and, and Samantha Charlton. Uh, Came out with glowing praise for what he delivered um, alongside them with the program for for New Zealand hockey. Uh, So there might have been a few individual issues along the way. Anyway, Sean Dancer, he'll look after the squad, the current assistant uh, for the upcoming pro league fixtures against the Netherlands and Belgium. And good luck
0: to Sean too. You know, this is a big opportunity for him as well. Yeah, and so and you know, maybe uh, that might release the shackles on some players.
1: Whilst we're on coaches, John, a little piece from Stephen Findlater. Findo uh, was writing about uh, whether Alexander Cox will remain in the dual Ireland and Kampong role. Uh, I didn't realise, but the the Irish job was just on an interim basis to take them through to the World Cup. Um, Your own pals, the uh, chief of Irish hockey, says the the national body are currently in, in the process of evaluating the World Cup campaign and the future programme with no confirmation of whether Cox would or would not be in situ for Tokyo 2020, Ireland's qualification route season travelled to Le Coutuque in France in June for the Hockey Series Finals, so they need a top two place there to be guaranteed a head-to-head qualifier uh, for the series in the autumn and uh, they've also got the European Championships in August as well, so interesting to see what happens there and whether Alexander Cox continues in a role with Irish Hockey
0: it, It's interesting, we the performance values we put on hockey. Um, I was thinking today earlier if, if an Australian finished sixth at the 100 metres, the nation would be falling over themselves <laughs> <laughs> to want to know this person. An Australian hockey team finished sixth at the Olympics and it's a failure. It's really funny the way that, no, that the
1: Australian hockey team finished second at the Olympics no, and it's a failure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's. <laughs> Not literally, but yeah, metaphorically true. It's it's just interesting the 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 standard that we hold to our national hockey teams, and I think this is true across a lot of sports. I think when you've got a hockey team, you think they're always going to be great. So, I don't know. It's very well, it's very easy. It's very just easy, of it today, it's so very easy to to, yeah. It's very easy
1: that. to slip to slip away, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it, it's very very easy to slip away. But, you know, they're talking about a guy that... Think about the performances of Ireland at that World Cup. Can you think of a terrible performance? Can you think of a game where they... For the man? Yeah. No, no. No. Can you think of a game where they went out and played badly, or that they looked like they were underprepared, or they looked like they weren't up to it, or any, no, no none of that no. sort of no, stuff. No, but, they, they,
1: but they'd be disappointed with the draw against China.
0: Oh, they would be, but China proved they're no easy boots. I mean, that's, that's what I mean about what do we really expect from, from our hockey team. It is such a tight competition. Yeah. Okay. And so. it comes
1: down to the luck of the draw, and then a shootout, potentially for a lot, a lot of sides there when, so you're, fir- you're potentially pl- playing for first spot or you're fourth, and you're fourth, it's nothing, it, mean, it means nothing. But it's it's like a game and a half, or it's a game and it's a shot on goal. And that's that's it. It's um, Pro League could be interesting for us, John, to actually push those teams up, but we'll probably end up with world rank. Well, world, world,
0: Thirty-five <laughs> minutes, extra time, and then when you can't make your mind up, let them ping it at each other
1: shootouts before the game. Uh, Quick update on Pakistan, John. We covered it in in a bit of depth last week.
0: Wait a sec. Are we talking about Pakistan? What the fuck? What are you doing?
1: (laughs) Former hockey uh, Pakistan manager Hassan Sada has said that Pakistan government should either shut the national sport down or support it. Players in Pakistan have been deprived of daily allowances. Until our federation gets sound financial resources regularly, it will be hard to meet the expenses of the senior and junior teams, said Sadar. We need a foreign coach for a long-term period of two to four years, and not just for a few months. But the federation doesn't have enough bucks to do that, said the former Olympian. More importantly, players must have job security. Indian states offer DSP-leveled police jobs to hockey players. We also need to do that, and it would also be beneficial for the police as well, since players are fitter and disciplined <laughs> and could easily be <laughs> trained and inducted. Citizens would also respect them. <laughs> she said Salah. If the government can't support the game, then it should shut it down so that the nation doesn't expect anything.
0: Strong oh. words.
1: Strong words from the departing uh, manager, coach, manager, coach. Well,
0: legends. the latest on uh, Facebook is that they're, <laughs> they're still training. So they're they're expecting to play. Uh, uh, We mentioned uh, with some glee that uh, a white goods company, Hire, Mm. had had signed a sponsorship deal with Pakistan uh, about November last year, late late, in the year. What are they thinking?
1: Well, maybe they haven't paid their bet either. (laughs) Well, maybe that's
0: the problem. Uh, If it is, I feel sorry for Pakistani hockey. I hope it's not Hire sitting back and thinking, What happened to
1: the money? The latest from today on the Indian Express, the PHF has again turned to the government for a grant of 120 million rupees to help send its team for the FIH Pro League events in Argentina, Australia, New Zealand and Europe. Acting Secretary Ayaz Mahmood told a news conference in Lahore, um, we have asked the government for a special grant of 120 million because we only have around 15 million rupees in our account. If we don't get the grant, then we might not be able to send the team for all Pro League events, and that could lead to a two-year ban on us from the FIH for not meeting our commitments as a full member. If we don't participate in the Pro League, which is a direct qualifier for the next Olympic Games, it will also bring a bad name to Pakistan hockey. Woo, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, <laughs> you're but you have to know. look at our expenses incurred on sending our national junior and senior teams for international competitions. And we also sent our national women's team for a tournament in Thailand. Mahmood has been named as acting secretary after the celebrated Shabazz Ahmad, FIH board member uh, he didn't say that, I did resigned following Pakistan's unimpressive World Cup campaign in India but no, Shabazz didn't resign his resignation had nothing to do with the unimpressive World Cup campaign there's a bit more going on than uh, that what you got there John?
0: well I've I've got the key to Pakistan hockey's future Uh
1: uh-huh it doesn't look um, like a key, it looks like a piece of paper
0: Well, it's a piece of paper uh, It's Well, I'm assured by my local news agent That this is the winning ticket for tomorrow night's $100 million Powerball draw Yeah. Okay. lottery draw yeah. Um, So if I win $100 million in the lottery tomorrow night I will pay Entirely For Pakistan's Pro League uh, campaign for the next two years as long as i'm coach
1: okay well well you probably get that well just remind in in the article it it also says in the government in the last three years have given special grants of around three hundred and ten million rupees while the phF had also received two hundred and twenty million rupees from the sin government
0: okay No, dollars not rupees
1: how many, how many how, how many dollars are you going to give them
0: but enough to pay for the pro league for two years
1: okay well <laughs> mate, as long as nah, I'm coached. Now, nah, are you going to write the number down, or, or are we going to write the number down? What number? What? Well, your sponsorship tenure. You know if what? If I win the gonna... bloody
0: lotto, it is, mate. mate. That's a hundred million dollars. I, I reckon I could spare a few four or five to get Pakistan through the pro league okay. and coach an international team for two years. For... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Well, hey, bring it on, buddy. <laughs>
1: mate, I think four or five might get you onto the uh, the Hockey Foundation board.
0: Hey, what? Well, from what I hear, fifteen million will buy me a seat on the board of the FIH.
1: That's only four. That's over four years, though, mate.
0: Hey, that's four years. Yeah, that's all right. I could do that. Moving on. Okay, better play one of these. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. We're nearly done and dusted, but we've got a couple of things to get through, Matt, very, very quickly. Did you know the USA?
1: You sure? A couple of things.
0: Yeah. yeah, You. Whatever we mentioned yet. Anyway, did you know that the USA Hockey, Field Hockey, is holding uh, a, an event for um, under 12 co-eds, under 14 girls, under 16 girls and under 19 girls between February 1st and 3rd? I've looked at the team list and like there's over 100 teams, there's heaps and heaps of teams across all those age groups. They're going to be going off to Florida to um, play at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Uh, in Florida, uh, February first to third, uh, you can book it at uh, the ESPN Wild World of Sports box office. It's a great tournament for the juniors. It's good to see that ESPN has got their name attached to something to do with hockey, and that might have something to do with the fact that the the um, the tournament is sponsored by
1: Disney. Disney. Do you do that? Do you do that voice for Disney No, You don't. No, really
0: no, 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 that's too. Although some of the stuff Disney are getting into, is dark and horrible is pro- no. It, yeah, that's better. Family friendly Disney. Thank you. They're a family company.
1: Well, much like the FIH, we're very family oriented as well. No, family, no.
0: a family. Now, I'm, I'm mentioning Disney because we know of conversations that have happened about the FIH and and the fact that there's no pro league sponsor, and that there's perhaps some. Oh, cons-
1: not just. Not just, not just conversations have happened, um, interviews broadcast yeah. uh, from Thierry et al. on the uh, the lack of a, a need to have a naming rights sponsor,
0: which really la, is not true.
1: Uh, Vitality, uh, Sentinel Homes,
0: But also, Auditia, also the sentiment we're hearing from within the FIH, no one wants to sponsor hockey, which... Boys, maybe they've approached Disney. I don't know. Maybe they've been in touch with Disney, and Disney's told the bugger off. But you think about. USA Field Hockey, they're one of the few associations in the world that has to go out and do it themselves without any Olympic funding. Now, I'm not sure about some of the bigger nations like the Dutch and the Germans, how much funding they get through private and through raising money through clubs, etc., and how much they do rely on Olympic money. But for most nations... No, it's but,
1: well, we had Simon Hoskins on from USA yeah. Hockey, the the, the the top man there, and it was a 10 or $11 million, $12 million they raised for their program... None of it coming from government None of it coming from the International Olympic Association Or the American version thereof
0: So now they've got Disney on board to help promote and sponsor the game And get on board and spend some money Uh, This is the Disney corporation that also owns Lucasfilms A Star Wars franchise They own Marvel Studios they own, um, ABC, they own Pixar, ESPN, they have an 80% stake in Disney Music, Disney Theatrical, and also Walt Disney India. There uh, are 100% owned by UTV Software Communications, so that's the, there's and a lovely little Indian link there.
1: And any, um, oh, I don't any, know. T- any TV, TV companies in the oh, mix
0: there? Or ABC just the one that <laughs> encompasses all the ABC it's actually the ABC Entertainment Group you can get on Wikipedia and there's a huge list of all these entities that Disney, branded Disney owns Um oh please maybe you guys have got an, if you have been in touch with Disney and they're not interested or we're talk barking up the wrong tree please let us know and we'll apologise or retract our statements or whatever we have to do but Please, get on to them. But potentially a joint Ask the issue. Americans how they do it, because that's the model we need to be following elsewhere in the world. We can't be relying on government money and Olympic money, which is government money well, for the rest of our well, lives. Well, yes,
1: there is a model there, but it is also very heavily tied into their college system. And whilst you read that out, in the past couple of days, I've read an article with regard to potential funding issues with, with some college programs now. The University of Pacific Field hockey team, they've been told they've got Uh, a month to raise 13 million dollars to save the program within their college Uh, so they're a division one uh, field hockey side on the west coast Uh, they've won four or five championships Um, the athletic director has uh, has said I can't express enough how difficult the decision was to eliminate a program but it would take an endowment of around 13 million total in order to reinstate the program. Now, of the the 18 hockey players that are currently on that program, eight of them will graduate next year. There's still 10 there that won't continue their studies, and they've had players there from South Africa and Belgium and Holland, um, and had, have had a lot of success of it. Um, but it, but it also could possibly affect some of the other college sides: UC Davis, Stanford, and Berkeley. Um, and the American East Conference has announced that it's ending its league affiliation with those teams at the end of the 2020 season so there's some kind of issues there on the West Coast
0: and uh, I think that's a portent for Australian hockey authorities to oh, look but at but if you know
1: more let us know because we're not experts on no, US no, field love, hockey we, so please get in touch to some more. Yeah, email um, matt at the reverse stick john at the reverse stick.net.
0: prima facie just looking at it from afar it looks like that's a consequence of it could be a consequence of moving the national program from the West Coast to the East Coast because the East Coast was a strong area of hockey and perhaps uh, the opportunities were there that weren't on the West Coast and now those opportunities, because the national team was based on the West Coast, those opportunities existed on the West Coast as well. Now it's gone back to the East Coast. Oh, and we're going to face that here John, in Perth because... John. We know that we're losing the AAS from Perth, and so we're going to face well, those same yes, issues as well. Possibly. Because we're Poss- on. Possibly. America's a big country, folks. It's got a huge desert in between the east coast and the west coast. Uh, you know, if if they split into two countries, you'd hardly notice. It's. Uh,
1: that uh, might, uh, might yet happen. No, but what um, what, what it stands me, mate, is that uh, we believe the F.I.H. get fifteen million US dollars over four years yeah over four years from the International Olympic Committee directly uh, yeah, that's or the something Olympic something around, around there yet for a one year hockey program at this one particular college they need 13 million US dollars to save it well
0: uh, answer, yeah. answer
1: me that I don't know. Uh, just uh, there's so many different questions what the
0: economics of that are and maybe it's because they want to dig the field up and put a, uh, another Taco Bell in, yeah Whatever they want to put up there. It could be issues involved that we don't know about, so let us know. It's hard to dig into everything, but we want to get everything out there.
1: Just nice to show two sides of what's going on in the US at the moment. News flash. Oh, it is a news flash and I'm just opening up the phone, John. We're recording this on the Wednesday this week and of course we've already had a conversation at 1.04am <laughs> we've already had a conversation uh, with Scott earlier on and mentioned the uh, the potential findings in Belgium uh, so what the latest is for me right now is after a press conference uh, the Belgian Hockey Federation have confirmed uh, with the police that there are no match fis- fixing investigations of any kind related to this none of the players in India uh, had a bet on any of the hockey games and just one player who was not selected uh, and, and was at home uh, made one bet on a game of, uh, about, of of hockey but not a Belgian game, which is frowned upon by the Federation but entirely legal. Uh, the Gambling Commission has asked some 20 match forms from several games between 2015 and 2018 to check against their records. The Federation is cooperating and there's no further news on it um, at this stage. Um, interesting okay. that interesting that it was flagged um, And good for us to talk about it yep. uh, One player not involved in Belgium Betting on a, another game Not involving <laughs> Huh? Bit of a non-story isn't it But we thought it was a bit of a non-story But we like a bit of sensationalism yeah. Here well, <laughs> on the reverse stick
0: It's good gossip And a great meme by the way Just quietly
1: well, yeah, A few people got upset <laughs> Amarji liked it
0: Oh, have a laugh, people. Lighten up sometimes. Well, let's, let's not stay light, John. You'd be crying if you couldn't <laughs> laugh when it comes to hockey.
1: <laughs> I think South Pass put a tweet out saying, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing after another, but fortunately not many people notice what's going on in <laughs> hockey.
0: How many people notice what was going on in India, do you reckon? Uh,
1: at which point in time, John? <laughs> plenty of people in India have noticed. Uh, let's before what we get that? Before we get on to some... Pretty explosive stuff from Dr. Batra. We've got a bit of a follow-up on the Harendra Singh uh, situation. Should we call it that? Situation. Uh, now, of course, uh, Harendra was mo- removed from his post as head coach of the men's team uh, last week. Uh, it was breaking news as we as we came to air. Uh, there's a great article for, in the Indian Express from Mahir Vazavda, Push past Pundit. You can catch up with uh, Mahir and Jaspreet and Harpreet and Jimmy and one of us, or two of us, at some point in the background and join us with a push past pundit. But Mahir wrote, uh, Hockey India CEO Elena Norman's alleged outburst against four players, including captain Manpreet Singh, ahead of the India's World Cup quarterfinal against Netherlands, last month had a, and this is quoted, a very disturbing effect on the team then coach Harendra Singh has written in his report to the Games Governing Body and Sports Authority of India now Hockey India had a four member high performance and development committee which met last week and they cited this incident as one of the reasons for Harendra's removal of chief coach according to the minutes of the meeting dated January the 7th the committee acknowledged that he is best coach in India but at the same time said he lacked sufficient experience in tactical and strategy to coach a senior team Whilst also questioning his temperament and maturity levels,
0: woof! Oh, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> what lot, do you want well, the, yeah, the committee, the committee go on and uh, uh, cite all sorts of silly little bits and pieces. Um, in his point by point rebuttal to Hockey India's claims on the January the eighth, he said the committee's allegations were misdirected. He defended himself by saying that off-the-field communication with players was the responsibility of the team manager, Chris Cirello. Uh, He went on to say, I repeatedly informed all players and coaching staff, and same was informed to Miss Elena Norman through text and calls before the incident took place. Any off-field incident and communication are the responsibility of the team manager. But See, since there's this a I-
0: lot of buckets being emptied in India at the moment. But since they? this
1: issue has been raised, allow me to point out to a very disturbing effect of the latest incident. He added in his report before abruptly jumping into, uh, sorry, uh, jumping to other matters. Uh, Mahir did try to get in touch with Hockey India, and Harendra um, didn't get any response. Of course, Hockey India too busy posting birthday wishes to people. <laughs>
0: They are. They're very good at that. And uh, dra- well, dra- dra- drag,
1: drag flick posted something interesting as well. There might be an issue with there actually being a quorum to make that decision, and uh, there may be a route back. But I think there's something even uh, more recent that's popped up, isn't there, John?
0: Well, Sportstar, just uh, 16th of January at 1856, what's well, that, 7 o'clock-ish, or yeah. 7 p.m. Indian Standard Time, uh, Sportstar published a story. Harendra refutes claims of refusing Junior Post with conditions. Now, according to the post on Sports Star, um, Harendra is quoted as saying, on one hand, the High Performance Committee report says they are satisfied with the performance and development of the Junior team in 2017-18 under Jude Felix. If true, then I would like to know the reason for removing him and appointing me, referring to his uh, Jude's Role as a former Indian captain and a junior awardee, an Olympian, all things held very highly uh-huh. in India. Yeah. Um, it is not fair to Jude and it will only derail the junior development program in place for two years now. Uh, is that the guy refusing the job or uh, it's hard to know? Well, um,
1: well no, I think that th- th- there are some stipulations that come n- up, aren't there? Uh, well, th-
0: uh, they have also said that Harendra himself has sought. Um, Five, do you know the Indian currency? Yeah,
1: the RS, I don't know,
0: no. uh, okay. A lot of money. Uh, uh, a five lakh salary, which is true. You say I'm the best in India. You feel the best is worth only two lakh. When a foreign coach can claim upwards of ten thousand that, that, dollars, that's a, yeah. US, which is, confuses me because I don't know how that translates as US dollars. Anyway. Um, they compare it to the likes of shooter Jaspal Rana but they have academies and earn more from state governments as advisors uh-huh. uh, that's, that's a really interesting quote and it no goes
1: what's most it. interesting is, is the demands that are written here in this particular article and, we, and it's only what we're reading John it might it not is
0: have been said what horrendous demands according to Sports Star, is freedom in selection of probables finalising of annual calendar for training competitions which is not an unreasonable want from a head coach. Two consultation before appointment of support staff. That is not unreasonable for a senior head coach. Three salary of five lark after taxes per month and ten lark insurance cover at par with foreign coaches' staff.
1: That's um, looking after the family. That's fine. Well, That's fine.
0: You know, I, once again, because we don't understand exactly what that equates to in our own dollars and cents and within the and superannuation and blah, or pensions blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, and whatever blah,
0: blah. so that may not be totally unreasonable in our eyes at all but or if you listen into to the Push yeah. Pass
1: Pundits you might be able to find they out that will, information they will that be that letting us
0: in. the fourth demand is single room during tours is provided to any foreign staff with the team and other facilities during camps including accommodation transportation is that unreasonable for the yeah. coach to want a private room. No, I don't think so, because, you know... Well, <laughs> I'm also thinking... Through the
1: night. The,
0: the coach has to have a space where he can have privacy when he needs to talk to individuals. Yep. That's, that's what that's not, about.
1: not just a dunny.
0: Not a toilet, not some... He, no. he, and And he needs that space to know that it's his to operate within not having to share. you know what it's like sharing wins with people. It could be great fun, but it also has limitations, <laughs> especially at two AM when you're crawling over and the sign's turned around on the door that says don't come in.
1: Right, there's four in our room at the moment at home. I know exactly what it's like sharing a room.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh where do we go within you then? What do we make?
1: Um well there's a few yeah there's a few people that have said this these decisions are null and void and there's there are some calls uh in in the press Uh, to, for writing a petition to get him reinstated because there wasn't that quorum at the meeting and it's it's a 21 person panel and they have to, anyway, I think it's, uh, maybe a little bit off the mark and clutching at straws from some people. But it leads us very interestingly, John, into a couple of posts on Facebook from the account of Dr Narinda Dhruv Batra, the FIH president and the president of the Indian Olympic Association.
0: We're, now we're not going to read them out, are we? In total.
1: Oh, shall we? Uh, well,
0: no, I think we can refer to. Well, them. I'll tell you. What, I'll read them. We've got them in, we've get, got get, them get, in full get, in front
1: of us. Get get hold of your uh, your your podcast app if you're listening uh, on iTunes, whatever. It, it, just you can go to a speed setting, so go to a three times speed, and then uh, we'll just take you through this. Doctor Batchelor's Facebook post, John. My personal views. Press and media is considered the fourth pillar of democracy, and this fourth pillar has played and continues to play its important role and we all respect that oh, mm. It is disappointing when a select few form a friends' club on whatsapp with an individual with an unwritten quid pro understanding that you understand that we are <laughs> <laughs> we are given, sorry, understanding that you ensure no, that no, we are given. You
0: actually pronounced it as it's really, okay. it says understanding and okay. we've copied and pasted this directly. Given priority
1: in interviews with you and athletes and in return we will protect you in public domain and always speak about you in a nice manner and ensure your survival by taking assistance if required of falsehood also. So we'll, if we like you, we'll lie on your behalf and we'll give you a few more jobs and say you're a good bloke. Um,
0: Oh, I've got more to say. That. Yeah, you get <laughs> through the statement. For you information called, of the WhatsApp Friends review. Club,
1: India now is actually ranked seventh in the world. Oh, God, that's boring, John. The WhatsApp Friends Club and their quid pro friend should start planning now as to who should be blamed by them in early 2020 for miserable performance in 2018, for which the correct world ranking will only come out in early 2020, and to plan execution properly so that their quid pro friend is protected and someone else is blamed. Who are you talking about Doctor? who are you talking yeah. about um, we'll move on thank you quid pro gentlemen and the WhatsApp Friends Club One has two options to live life one in an honest way or two in a manipulative way. Meanwhile, let the WhatsApp Friends Club protect and cover up for their quid pro friend and may God bless them all but in the end truth always walks with the head high regards Narinda Dravbatra, president. Indian Olympic Association.
0: Okay, Matt. I've I've got to say, first of all, I woke up this morning and this was on my uh, little Facebook thing. Uh, messages going around, and uh, I, I read that and I thought, WhatsApp group with a pro quo friend, and I thought, I know someone who hangs out with a revolutionary cabal on WhatsApp. <laughs> I know that bloke. Don't tell me I'm a quid pro friend. <laughs> but uh, you know, as I as I read through it, I realised, nah, it's not got anything to do with. The,
1: you were just thinking, you, you were just I thinking, hashtag that. my hockey, weren't you? Yeah, I. <laughs>
0: it's all about you and, and and hello, revolutionary cabal. I do love you all. Just having a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did honestly think, oh, that's. That's met the gang.
1: There's some amazing uh, heartfelt responses to that post from Indian hockey lovers and writers, um, guys like Barrett Malik and Leo Devadas and uh, Yashoda Devi. She, you know, she's put, she's put some quite interesting things. Just yeah, check out the Facebook page if you want all of the comments on there. But it's some really good, constructive, clever, um, um, insightful. Responses from people who obviously love the game in the country.
0: Now that was entitled "My Personal Views" that post, and that was posted at um, nine eighteen PM on Monday the fourteenth nine eighteen Indian time. Okay, but now, this is the,
1: this, this is comments uh, about hockey. Yeah. Put from a personal account.
0: Yeah, yeah. Signed yeah,
1: off as the Indian Olympic okay,
0: let, let's get to Association that. president. Then on. On the uh, Tuesday, the 15th at 8.42pm, Dr. Batra posted his My Personal Views Part 2. Now, for me, this is the more interesting part. For You know, that other rubbish I expect from him, to be quite honest. After India lost to Netherlands in the quarterfinals in 2018 Men's Hockey World Cup in Babanazwa, someone... Oh, sorry. Someone... someone Part of the Indian contingent immediately claimed after the loss that India lost because India was playing against 13 players, but not 11. By saying so, the concerned gentleman has done the biggest disservice to the sport. If one has lost, then accept the loss gracefully and introspect where things went wrong and not criticise others for your mistakes. Now, obviously, that's a reference Sorry, Can you hear her. that?
1: Can you hear that in the background? I'm sure that's a whistle... Is that a kettle whistling? Is it,
0: yeah, okay. Shh. listening. Okay. Now, look. <laughs> that's obviously a reference to Harendra. Okay. The, no doubt about it. Could have just said, Coach Harendra yeah. said the wrong thing. He's, he surprise- he's never done that himself. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's posed it in all this roundabout language that is very accusatory. Um, Quite threatening, some of it as well. It's- Everyone can make mistakes in life, and that includes me also. Put his hand up, and one should learn from these mistakes to and mature and grow in growing life and rectify the mistakes to grow bigger and stronger. Plantitude. Then, in, in quotation marks, video of the incident of Armit Rodas 10 minute suspension is tagged. And there is the video there of the Armit Rodas, um yellow card at the game against the Netherlands.
1: I hope you got some clearance for showing that.
0: Yeah, well, it is FIH content yeah. owned by the FIH, yeah, it's personal view, so it wouldn't be... Uh,
1: excuse me, Dr. Batra, uh, can I use the, that image on my personal Facebook page?
0: Now... Yes,
1: uh, Dr. Batra, yes, you can, no problem, you you have yourself here. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Dr. Batra, I appreciate that.
0: Now... Do you think he calls himself Dr. Batra? He then goes on to state from that, make your own judgement and decide what the real truth is. Now... And that, once again, is a reflection on what Harendra said. He's referring back to that incident in the press conference afterwards. And you know what? Dr. Battery, you're absolutely right there. That, that's a 10 minute red card. Yep. Straight up. I'm, oh, a yellow card. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm happy with well, that. It wouldn't have mattered. It could have
1: been a 10 minute red card at that point in the game.
0: I think anybody that's ever been hooked by another player with a stick like that would agree that's a card offence goodbye No one's. No, none of the players seemed upset about it except Blake trying to keep his teammate on the field and he was going showing the quiff shush shush um, so yeah I'm agreeing with Dr. Batra do you know what a groundbreaking statement that is <laughs> we these le- kinds we <laughs> led with that at the start of the show. <laughs> <laughs> these kinds of irresponsible statements do not label only an individual but the entire country as sore and bad losers and by doing so concerned gentleman has done the biggest disservice to the sport oh look yeah yes and no i uh, you, you can you can i don't you, think you, no, you can India agree because with it
1: Harindra lost the plot yeah, but glass glass houses mate you you can't come out with pious statements like that when your own track record has has been quite it's been viewed by the world and well, we, viewed by the hockey world. We, we and spoke
0: uh, about sporting and betting integrity and I believe yeah. Dr. Batra made a statement about the integrity of, of, on the sports side of things as, f- betting side of things as far as the Hockey World League semi-finals in London went, but we've heard nothing more about that. Okay, uh, look, it's, it's a rant about Indian hockey and it's obviously an internal power fight that's about to erupt or is happening and And from my understanding, it's uh, some journalists there are now really starting to poke the bear, and they're they're getting fed up with the rubbish they're being led with. Oh, but they're also Um, they're
1: also vehemently calling for Elena Norman and David John to be removed, and that there are. It's all one comment, which is quite right. But there's Indian CEOs in top companies all over the world. And maybe they should have a little look introspectively to see what the the local talent oh, that's, is like. that's right, You're um, right there.
0: But let's lay it down now as a precursor to the next push past pundits, which, and I'll elaborate more then. But we know that the team that ended up at the um, the World Cup this time around would have been vastly different if Elena Norman and and David John had not. Um, had something to do with the team even though they didn't have something
1: to do with the team but no but go on to team selection and Herendra had said that he he wasn't selecting the team it was coming from a a committee Um, now we we'll go, we, we'll we, know, we, them, know, we know we know we know on the selection side of things there were different goalkeepers written down at, on different sheets and some people had to intervene. Um, but he, Dr. Batcher also goes on to say they
0: would not have got to a quarter it, it was the it was quite obvious.
1: It was quite obvious in the 2018 Men's World Cup that the teams which did well, besides other things, had good and dependable goalkeepers. It's high time Indian team management also starts focusing on this important aspect. what. what from your personal account or from your Indian Olympic Association account, it's, it's, it's an absolute rubbish statement to make. He, he also went on to say, well, he said, said before, prior to that, um, the Indian team may have to play the first two matches of 2020 Olympic qualifiers for qualification being held in June 2019 with only 17 players and not 18 with regard to the two-match ban which came in. Well, you just select somebody else. The bloke can't play for two games. What do you know about the game, champ? You
0: know, it's oh, look, I must admit that, quite frankly, apart from being slightly amusing personally, the post mean not much at all. I mean, blah blah, whatever, Dr. Patra. What, what concerns me most of all about this is he signs off this as the president of the Olympic Indian Olympic Association. Now, at the very top of the page, it says my personal views. Well, why tag on the end of a president Olympic Association? That just to me is. It's not your personal view. You've signed it as the Indian Olympic Association president. It is the views of the Olympic Association president. That's what it is. It is not your personal view. If it was your personal view, you would have just signed it with your name. And then I would have gone, well, he hasn't drawn the Olympic movement into it at all. He hasn't drawn his position into it. Well, it'd three, it would it? yeah, be hat number three, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it would be hat number three. I just want to leave this, John, on a, a Facebook comment. How
0: can, how can he... Even as the president of the FIH start writing that sort of crap about what goes on, you're president of the FIH. You stand above that. I said in one of our very first episodes, mate, sit in a giant purple chair at the top of the stadium. Wave at people. Drink your Peter Colada and enjoy it and yeah. wave at people.
1: Whack a mat around someone's neck. There's always been something. I know it's wha-
0: more than that. I know the role is more than that. But that's what you should be doing as a public perception of it. You shouldn't be gobbing off at national associations like that unless they have a real problem like people taking money for stuff that should be spent on playing fields and pocketing in it.
1: Yeah. Why is he answering questions on behalf of Hockey India? He's not part of Hockey India anymore. Exactly. Um, look, we could go on and on and on with this subject, and uh, we will do with the Push Past pundits <laughs> show number two, which will be with you oh, in about three weeks' time.
0: Okay, mate, you're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, mate, being Matt, Matt, mate. Um, We've got to wrap it up. Yeah, this, re- we've gone way over. This is a really long podcast. Sorry, folks. We're trying to slim things down. Quick the correction from much last fun. week:
1: uh, Studio Hockey's interview interview was with Thierry, not Jacques Brinkman. Apologies, Ernst.
0: Oh, good. That's he- it.
1: Thanks for all the feedback. Nothing we else. got we got off everybody uh, with regard to the it was yeah, a push pass puntage. Yeah, great pleasure pundits. to bring that, and we look forward to bringing that to you with Harpreet, Jimmy, Jasper and Mahir. Oh, forever like and, ever and ever and ever
0: much thanks. like this podcast thanks dog.
1: for joining us on the show 78 guys check out the hockey family show number 3 is out sorry talk hockey radio from the hockey family uh, yep. check that out on your podcast providers uh, get in touch with us if you want to we're on all the socials at the reverse stick
0: good luck with all your indoor stuff and um, let's hope the pro league kicks off with a bang <laughs>